Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. All right. actual podcast <laughs> it's a good day for a podcast <clears throat> it's a good day for a podcast <clears throat> there's only a billion of them out there right now so why not one more right exactly a billion and one <laughs> and that's why we're called really another podcast that's right <laughs> <laughs> so i guess today we decided we're going to talk about kevin smith's movies Specifically, uh, the start of how we discovered Kevin Smith. So I guess I'll start. My name is Tim. And I discovered Kevin Smith back in 1994, I believe it was. I was in the Air Force Station up in Michigan. And I've always been a lover of movies. So, of course, I went up to a video store that was local and happened to see clerks sitting on the shelf. And the fact that I had been... And sort of like a retail job prior to the military, I thought, well, this sounds like or looks like something that might appeal to me. So that's when I decided to rent it, and I took it home, and that was when my love affair with Kevin began, because I was watching this movie, and it was just so crazy funny to me, and all of the things that you were talking about, and how specifically, I think, it was... What really caught my my eye or my uh, viewing pleasure was... How Dante was always talking about how I'm not supposed to be here today because when you're in retail, it seems like you're always called in to cover for somebody else. It seems like everybody else always has their free time and yours is always taken up by your dedication to the job, even though it's a Joe job that you really don't have to keep, but you do it because you have this unfounded sense of loyalty to an unloyal profession. <laughs> exactly. And the other thing was the <coughs> fact that all the different customers that came in and couldn't find what they were looking for and it was right in front of them it was like how can you not see that the gum is right there or the video is right there and there was always it was just a perfect example of how the customers were always so stupid (laughs) so that was something that also appealed to me and of course uh you always have that friend that seems to be smarter than you and always seems to be in tune with things and you're just trying to be the normal straight guy, and there's always the other guy that seems to always have the answers, even though they're just as, I guess, uh, how would I say it? Uh, they're just as um, <clears throat> uh, unfounded as you are. So that would be Randall. So the, the two of them together was just a perfect combination. And the fact that, the other thing too was the fact that uh, when I'm watching the movie, it became a game with me because I was like, this is a this is at the beginning of in the early 90s when a lot of movies that were coming out were it was the beginning of the independent period mm-hmm. uh, the independent movies which eventually 
you know, ran into like Quentin Tarantino and all of those who, uh, even though they were, you know, they were funded by independent studios of bigger studios. And of course, Miramax was uh, uh, one of the big funders for Kevin at the very beginning of the 90s. Miramax actually discovered a lot of independent uh, movie makers, and Kevin was one of them. And uh, one of the things that was interesting was that you just kind of knew it was like the director has got to be in this movie somewhere. I know he's in this movie. So it became a game with me watching the movie, not the first time, but maybe the second time, because right. I would just watch this movie over and over again. I loved it so much. It became a game of trying to figure out, okay, who's the director? I knew it was somebody called Kevin Smith, but it was like, I know he's in this movie somewhere. So I just kept watching and watching and trying to look for cues in some of the actors and try to figure out who was the, uh, who had to be the director. In, in his own movie and then that's when it dawned on me it was like uh, it was at the very end of the movie when Silent Bob finally speaks and gives some w- words of wisdom to Dante mm-hmm. you know like uh, about how you know there are a lot of women who will come in your life but but she's willing to make lasagna bring you lasagna to work and it was like that's him that's gotta be him because <laughs> only the director would be the one that would have one of the most important uh speeches in the movie <laughs> I saw them that was very insightful and it was like a strong message mm-hmm. <clears throat> but what I really loved about Kevin's movies was and I'll go back to Clerks here in a minute but what I really loved about his movies was that when I when I discovered uh, Mall Rats because unfortunately for Kevin a lot of his movies as we all know by now didn't do well in the theaters but they did do well on video because it was one of those things that you discover after the fact. You know, after it's gone to video and people happen to pick it up, you know, like, oh, check this out, see how it goes. And, and you find this incredible world of, you know, this movie that you didn't know existed. And the fact that when I was watching Mallrats, there were all of these references back to other characters from Clerks. And that was when Kevin had just right then and there with two movies had already built his cinematic universe, his view askew universe, as it were. And that was one of the things that really got me hooked for sure on Kevin was the fact that that was, to me, genius, was the fact that he was willing to create this this universe of, of characters that were spoken of. He made, and some of them are, you've never even seen. Mm-hmm. Like some of the characters are just spoken of, uh, like the girl who died in the pool. You know, it's like you never saw her. She was never... It's actually a, uh, a fleshed-out character, but just spoken of in, in second-hand among the characters, and that's what made it even funnier, was because there was this character that was known by everybody, uh, and it was actually referenced in the first movie, in Clerks, because Randall and Dante go to her funeral, <laughs> and then mess up the funeral by knocking over the casket, and then you find out in Mallrats that, you know, she died because, uh, you know, she was trying to lose weight swimming, and... and uh, and died as a result of it. So things like that were was what really drew me to Kevin was the fact that he was able to throw that those nuances of comedy and create that kind of universe for his movies. And that's one thing that I love about him. And if it does exist with any other director, I have yet to find it. But the fact that he's able to plug every single movie into every sequel and you know exactly what movie he's talking about and you can just relive everything if there is someone else I really want someone to 
educate me so I can see the other universes if they are there. What do you mean other universes? Like if someone has their own view askew or their other their all their movies tie up. Are you talking about another another director or mm-hmm. oh okay. The only other thing that's even remotely similar is um like Glass and Unbreakable. Yeah. How those movies kinda of tie up. Yeah. Yeah. The way he was able to create kind of his own universe with that. Is that his was, you know, it's way more serious, but it's not it's not tied the same way that Kevin has his. No, but I I think the 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 advantage that Marvel has, or even DC, is the fact that you know their universe was already created years ago through comics. Yeah. And through some tie-in TV shows, and 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 which were never good, and uh, the cartoons, uh, the animated series, uh, which still went back and reflected back on the comics themselves, but. Uh, so it was kind of already a world that was already built, but the difference between we know now of the comic books versus the movie version of, of Marvel is, you know, the movies have had to take certain changes and liberties in order to make it work in the narrative that they're trying to build versus, because the comics are vast. You know, yeah. the stories are vast, and, you know, and then you have... That's extremely and complex. The, and the comics span so many decades that... You know, you have whatever was going on in society at the time that these comics were coming out, and then you had characters that became very popular that were killed off and then brought back. So a lot of the stories had to be changed in order to meet those demands or to meet those changes in society during the 60s and the 70s and so forth. Whereas Marvel, as a cinematic universe, has only been around for the last 12 years, since basically 2008, and that's... When they really tried to make a universe that actually was collective and tied into each other. Yeah. I mean, you could possibly make the argument that Marvel started with in 2000 with X-Men. Because it's a Marvel property sold to, to Fox that they created. And it was, by most people's estimates, it was X-Men in 2000 that actually started the new wave of comic book or hero movies because it it just it was done in such a more professional way it wasn't that hokey mm-hmm. it had parts of it that were, were you know but uh, it it actually changed the landscape a bit and made superhero movies seem a little more serious and like it could be a, a property that Hollywood could actually uh, tap into but of course it's not until 2008 when Iron Man came out with Robert Downey Jr that completely changed everything and just threw Marvel right into warp speed when it comes to how they made their movies and how they were able to, I guess, hire the right actors and directors, you know, with a couple of stumbling, like with the Hulk. <laughs> Both Hulk movies. Unfortunately, Hulk just can't, couldn't get a decent movie off the ground. It wasn't bad, but I, and I think Edward Norton was supposed to continue to play that part, but uh, he wasn't easy to work with so they ended up having to go with uh, um, uh, another actor for the Avengers to, um, to bring that make that work but back to Kevin Smith the difference is that Kevin Smith brought he created his universe from the ground up um, literally <laughs> literally and uh, I mean, he bought he he financed his movie on credit cards, 
And so does entire comic book collection. And so does entire comic book collection in order to make this movie. So that's a level of dedication that I think most of us, most of us probably can't even imagine. I mean, unless you were just really amped about buying a car. <laughs> and if you think about like it, that. if you think about it, I mean, that's like incredibly inspiring because that was a. I'm doing this. I don't give a fuck what it takes. I need to do or die. And even he said that. If the movie had ever flopped, is more even more than likely to still be working at the Quick Stop. Yeah, yeah. And actually, well, he said he actually still worked at the Quick Stop while he was doing the movie too. Yeah, they had a, they had a film at night mm-hmm. because that was the only time they could actually do the filming. Yep. Which is why the shutters were always closed. <laughs> the other thing I liked about Clerks was that, and it took you a couple of times to actually watch the movie and actually look at it really closely it's like it's one of those movies where it's like you love it so much that you can watch it again and still enjoy it but as with each additional viewing it's like you start to examine it a little bit kind of Mm -hmm. break it down um and you know this was steered during the age of vcrs or v yeah vcr so trying to to pause a vhs tape (laughs) and some people probably don't even know the i mean just the horror of this is you, you pause it and you get these nice little lines across the screen <laughs> and you can't see shit. <laughs> and doing it, and depending on which um which model you had, that fucking tracker. Yeah. Where, where, you, where it tried to do frame by frame and it was like every third or fourth frame instead. It well, like, exactly. It's like, you, well, you had two head VCRs and you had four head VCRs. And if you managed to be able to afford a four head VCR, you could, you could pause and track through the each frame a lot clearer but you know as it got older or as the movie got older of course it would jump around or you get a lot of lines but the thing is that you started to see that a lot of the people or the actors that that uh, uh, excuse me uh, that Kevin had hired were did multiple roles in different at different times especially Walt Flanagan yeah he had, Walt Flanagan. He, he had more roles than anybody else and Scott Mosier Scott Mosier, who he met in film school in, um, uh, God, what, what, I'm trying to remember where he went to film school at. Um, Wasn't it Vancouver? It was Vancouver, that's right, it was Vancouver. Um, that's where we met Scott, and then they, Chris didn't, I mean, not listen to me, why do we keep saying Chris? Because <laughs> you look like Chris Pratt, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Kevin didn't finish, but Scott did. But they, they met back up, and uh, they, that's and they, that was the first movie they did together was Clerks. And so Scott had a couple of roles that I remember. I know one of them was uh, Snowball, and the other one was the guy that wanted them to open the store while they were having the hockey um, game on the roof of the uh, store. Mm-hmm. And then the guy just starts in, uh, you know, basically chastising for the way they were playing their game, and then ends up. And then ends up uh, knocking the, the, the field hockey ball across the street just so <laughs> that they would stop the game so they could open up the store. <laughs> so you get a pack of cigarettes. So um, I brought the orange one and the orange one. <laughs> Such a mundane line, but still comical. <laughs> and, of course, everybody knows about the uh, – well, not everybody, but I guess everybody who's a good Kevin Smith fan knows the part of the movie where – um, and this is where you knew where Kevin was a Star Wars fan. Grew up with Star Wars like most of us who were born or in the late 60s, early 70s and grew up on Star Wars. But 
the part where uh, Dante and Randall were having the discussion about the Death Star and the politics involved. And then mm-hmm. the guy comes in who's does... Um, oh, yeah, the roofer. The roofer comes in and explains to them that it's all about your politics, you know. <laughs> the general contractors knew what they were getting into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's their own damn fault. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I, but that, yeah, but Clerks was the, movie, the first movie, of course. I, I pretty much watched the movies in, in order because I watched Clerks and then eventually I, I caught on to Mall Rats. And I like that one. Of course, Kevin was given more money to do Mall Rats after yeah. uh, after Clerks by Miramax, and it's unfortunate that it didn't do as well in, at a theater as it sh- it should have because it was to me it was a really good movie. I thought it was much better quality, and I really enjoyed that movie. And the fact that, like I said before, like I mentioned, that he had put those references in to Mall mm-hmm. Rats that put, brought you back to Clerks, and but with different characters and. You know, and if uh, the, the 90s was still a time when people hung out at the mall. So and the was, mall mattered. <laughs> the mall mattered back in the 80s and 90s. And so that was pretty much where people would hang out. So it made sense. And just everything went down at the mall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just interesting that he they did, uh, they made the movie, I think it was uh, uh, an abandoned mall in Minnesota. I think so, yeah. It was in Minnesota. Even though it was supposed to be in Jersey, yeah. So you, you try to keep everything Jersey, but just location-wise, what he needed at the time didn't exist. So he had to scout like crazy. It's been a while since I read the book um, *Silent Bob Speaks*, but that movie—I mean, that book—just goes into so much detail about from the beginning like when he started to up until I want to say it's up until he finally got Jason Muse off drugs I want to say that it was actually brought up to Clerks 2 if I remember correctly yeah after Clerks 2 that's well either after or during Clerks 2 that's when he when Kevin really started hounding him on his sobriety yeah because even a couple of times Jason was actually living with him and he actually kicked him out because he found out that um, Jason was actually stealing money for him to go buy shit. Mm-hmm. And once he found that out, he kicked him out and it took him a while, but they finally reconciled and he got into rehab. Yeah, and that's what's so commendable about Kevin is the fact that he didn't give up on Jason. Uh, you know, he, he could have written Jason off a long time ago as like, well, this guy's just never going to get right. And... He stuck with him and stayed his friend throughout the whole thing and, and helped bring him back. And now, you know, Jason is married, has a kid, and doing his own movies, you know. Learned a lot from Kevin with what he was, you know, with all the movies they did together and and going strong. And that's awesome because, I mean, Jason was one of the reasons why you also watch those movies because, you know, Jay, as Jay and Silent Bob, those two characters are immortalized now forever. It's like, you may not know anything that much about Clerks or even Kevin, or you may not know that much about Morass or any of the other movies that Kevin did, but you can talk about Jay and Silent Bob and people will know who the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I've, I've unfortunately learned that through the years. I'll bring up Kevin Smith or Jason Mewes or whatnot, or I'll talk about a specific movie and like, who is that? Or like, you ever heard of Jay and Silent Bob? Oh, yeah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then when you break it down, they're like, oh, I had no idea. That's who they were. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
and then uh, then of course there was Chase and Amy and uh, that the ending of that movie led you into um, a, a teaser for uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm-hmm. But uh, and Chase and Amy, the brilliance that was probably one of the movies that Kevin did that got a lot more attention for a lot of different reasons, but mostly because you had an actual out gay character in that movie and a complicated relationship surrounding it with uh, Ben Affleck's character. Um, yeah, Holden. Help me out here. <laughs> Holden. Holden, that's it. I should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was, I mean, that was mid-90s, mid-late 90s. So, I mean, that was, that was a groundbreaking thing even back then to have an open gay character in a movie like that. And even though as much as I love the humor in all of his movies, Chasing Amy is actually my favorite Kevin movie of everything that he's done. Oh, really? There's some, there's something about that movie that just draws me in, and I just absolutely love that theme song at the very beginning. Which theme song is that? The one that's got that um, it's like that little guitar picking that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I can fall asleep to that thing. It's so relaxing. <laughs> I mean, it's almost therapeutic to a degree for me. Yeah. I've actually been like, nice that I can't sleep. I'll open up iTunes, put on the Chasing Amy um, album, and I'll just play that on loop. I just love it that much. <laughs> I guess I guess it's also because there's no actual lyrics when it gets to the what you can consider the lyrical part. It's just them humming or whatever it is yeah after after the um they bring the voices in it's like a meditation state so to speak but those three movies are like kevin's initial trilogy i guess you'd mm-hmm. say clerks mall rats and chase and amy that was his his lucas trilogy <laughs> his original trilogy <laughs> the, original, the original three <laughs> yeah the one that everybody the ones that everybody loves <laughs> And then, unfortunately, the what they consider the bastard stepchild with Jersey and Girl. <laughs> yeah. Which I think that movie doesn't... That movie gets more of a bad rep than it should. It does. It does. But what I find interesting is that there's those weird connections that Kevin was always able to get. And that's one of the things I think I'm most jealous about Kevin. If I'm jealous about anything, it's the fact that Kevin... He and I are about the same age I think he's about a year older than I am but he actually took that chance and made his first movie and then went from there and has always been a good writer and a good speaker and just the fact that he was able to become friends with Ben Affleck who at the time when when they did Mallrats together you know, you didn't know who Ben Affleck was that much. You maybe had done a. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.